and then we yeah. can yeah just dive in okay let's do it cool go live and then it does that weird we might be live we might not be moment which is always weird <laughs> let's just check on the real channel think we're live one day i'll figure out how to do this in a better sense yes okay <laughs> Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to our live with Chris Pantelli. Um, we are going to be talking all about links today. Now, backlinks are incredibly important, and we all know that Haro backlinks are kind of the best backlinks you can possibly get. Um, I will fully admit I'm bad at doing them, and so I've actually hired Chris's company, Linkify, before to do them for me, and I was kind of mad because they were amazing, and I was like, damn it, it was really worth it, now I'm going to have to do it again, <laughs> which is like <laughs> the best reason to be mad to be. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So Chris is going to talk to us today about getting Haro links and building your EEAT, and I'm going to turn it over to him for him to introduce himself a bit more. I know he's got a lot for you guys, so I'm super excited. But just before I do, I'll be in the chat answering some quick questions. Chris will do some questions at the end. I'll gather them up for him. So Chris, don't worry about like noticing the chat rolling. Um, and then I also have a freebie for y'all about uh, the best places to get guest posts. So that'll be at the very end. It's a brand new freebie. Um, and if you stick around for the end of the live, I will hand that out to y'all. Okay, Chris, I'm going to leave it over with you. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me, Nina. Um, I'm going to try and share my screen dun, 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 and then present my okay here we go so um yeah so today i'm going to do a presentation to everyone um about uh, getting harrow backlinks and also exploding your eeat as well um so really big thanks to nina for having me on and letting me speak to her audience um and what i'm going to cover today um, we're going to be talking about expert quote link building in the first section. So this is essentially um, Harrow is the umbrella term for um, PR requests. So journalists directly reaching out and looking for experts that they can quote in their articles. Um, and then hopefully if you win that, um, that quote, uh, you also get a link as well. Um, I'm going to be looking at actually building your fortress with this sort of link building. So protecting your online business, growing your business. Um, I'm going to look at some really um interesting ways that you can tie all of that together because link building is a big part of the EEAT and EEAT is a really important part um, of the SEO puzzle. Then I'll be talking about AI. It's obviously here to stay. So we need to be using it. Our competition's using it. I can teach you um, some really neat tricks with how we can use AI. And then I'm just going to end as well with some really cool hacks, how you can uh, leverage uh, existing networks that you might be in. So if you're in Nina's um, group or other people's groups, you've got your own small networks, how you can leverage that to win even more links. So I am Chris Pantelli, the co-founder of Linkify. Um, so we're a done-for-you uh, expert quote and digital PR link building agency. Um, last year, we built over 3,000 links for clients, average DR of 79, 80. Um, and average traffic about a million organic sessions per month. So these are the best links that you can get. Um, and hopefully my presentation today can give you some neat ways to, because this is definitely something you can do on your own. Um, but obviously, if it's something that you um, haven't got the time for, or, or you've got the budget to allocate, so you can outsource that to do someone, we're a great, a great uh, company to use. But everything I'm going to tell you today is if you're going to be doing it yourself. Am I, am I, uh, Live still, Nina, everything's working? Yep, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you're totally okay. good. I'm following along on both. We're set. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So quick introduction then. EEAT is becoming 
an ever increasingly important part of both um, ranking and maintaining your rankings within Google. And link building is one of the largest proponents of the EEAT formula. So in this webinar, I'm going to outline why and how building these sorts of links can protect your online business from Google updates and then also propel your traffic and your earnings. Links, links, links. A uh, uh, 2024 study by SEM Rush found that links are in the top 10 most important ranking factors. And then a study um, towards the end of last year, 2023, by first page source found that backlinks still have a 14% ranking weight across all of SEO. So Google is continually saying that they want links to not matter as much, but we know that they definitely, definitely do. Uh, as you can see from this chart, it's a massive part of the, um, of the SEO puzzle. And in today's digital marketing world, the emphasis on link building has transitioned from sheer quantity to unparalleled quality. And this shift is in line with Google's updated guidelines and mirrored by uh, websites that achieve high rankings. The old tactic of gathering as many links as possible has given way to securing a smaller number of links from more prestigious websites. And a key strategy in this regard is PR and journalist request link building. This approach involves businesses and experts providing insights, statements, interviews to journalists. In exchange, they gain links from these very high authority news websites, significantly boosting their online presence. And such a strategy not only enhances a site's visibility, but also meets Google's EEAT standards. Um, underscoring the brand's depth of knowledge in its field. Currently, this expert quote link building technique is considered the most effective for achieving top results in 2024 and is expected to remain so in 2025 and beyond. So this is Google's um, own documentation um, in terms of um, the, the updates and um, how it sees EEAT um, and link building. And what is EEAT? So EAT is a Google um, guidelines that it gives to its quality raters. And a quality rater is somebody who will manually come to your website and inspect it. And it will inspect it based on this EEAT criteria that Google has outlined in its documentation. And a human quality rater is somebody who is going to come and look at your site and manually review and rate your site based on this criteria. And the reason that Google does this is because it wants to have a human input um, based on these human quality raters. Uh, and it wants that this information that it's getting back, this feedback it's getting from humans to influence the websites that it ranks on the top page of the Google search results algorithmically. So it wants to keep its algorithm in line with what humans are telling them are the right sorts of websites that are on page one of the Google search results. And EAT is broken down into experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And you need to be able to demonstrate to these Google quality raters that come and manually inspect your site that your website um, is demonstrating via its content and other factors that the person producing the content, the person behind the website has experience, has expertise, has authoritativeness, has trustworthiness. And while EEAT isn't directly a Google ranking factor, um, so i.e. if you just all of a sudden get loads of good EAT on your website, you're not going to necessarily see a massive jump in organic search traffic. Um, but what you need to do is build this EAT with things like great backlinks um, and also, uh, you know, good authors on your website, clear author bylines. Um, so the content who has been produced by is, is easily recognizable to a human quality rater. Um, but what if you are achieving 
hitting this EEAT criteria, then you're going to protect your website from when it will eventually be checked by a, a Google quality rater. And then certain aspects of the EAT, which you can build, um, like building great links, links is a ranking factor. So the two things work in tandem and you're going to get double bubble for your trouble. So if you're going to be putting your efforts into building great links, um, you're going to be ticking off a huge part of the EAT uh, formula uh, and you're going to be um, doing great with your with your business. So remember, white hat press links are about more than just rankings. They build a long-term reputation as a trusted voice, creating self-reinforcing cycle. The more trusted you are, the more press you can attract, the more trusted you become. You start building links, you see your EAT improve, and you watch the snowball effect take hold. So the best way to build these sorts of links, expert quote links, is via Harrow, which has now changed to Connectively. Um, and actually, we're in... Um, a transitional phase of this change. It was expected to be fully rolled out and transferred over um, at the start of this year. And what's happened is they haven't actually fully rolled it, the, um, the transfer over yet. So you can still, if you have access to a legacy um, Harrow account, so if you signed up to Harrow um, before the arbitrary date that they, that they um, made the change, um, then you can still respond to the emails that they're still sending. Um, which looks like this. If anyone that's familiar with Harrow, they know that we get these emails three times a day and they hit your inbox and you can respond to these emails directly. Um, they should have fully rolled out the transition to Connectively and turned off this email um, part of the business uh, at the start of this year. For some reason, they haven't done that yet. Um, my, I suspect the reason they haven't done that um, yet is because Connectively is still quite cumbersome. Um, it's nowhere near as e easy as um, the email system was. And I think if they just turned off the emails, they'd actually have a, a, a significant drop in the amount of sources responding to the journalists. So they don't want to um, annoy the journalists. So they're actually keeping both systems currently. But we will ex we do expect it to fully transition and to be fully on the Connectivity platform, which is what this looks like now. And this is basically the old style Harrow, but all done via uh, a native dashboard. And this is the best way to uh, win these sorts of links. Although now it has become or is becoming, until it's fully rolled out, a pay-to-play situation. So while it used to be completely free on the old Harrow system, we're now in a position where um, you need to pay. So you can get five free pitches per month um, on the basic plan. And then for more pitches, you need to upgrade to a $19 per month premium plan, which gives you 15 pitches per month and then you can uh, re-up additional pitches um, at the cost below. Or although I think these costs have actually changed um, in the last few days as well, and I haven't updated this slide. Um, so we're now in a position where you need to pay to pitch these platforms, uh, to pitch the journalists. Um, so you need to make each pitch count, and that's sort of what I'm going to talk about uh, today. Although it seems annoying because it used to be free, it is also a, presented an opportunity, maybe a golden opportunity because this is gonna significantly weed out the spam. We've had a situation um, since the onset of AI where it's easy to put together pitches. And I know of automated pitching tools which are spamming these Harrow emails with like hundreds of pitches per month from single accounts and all this sort of crazy stuff. So having a pay-to-play platform is actually gonna significantly reduce the number of um, pitch responses the journalists are receiving. And therefore, it gives us a higher chance to win because they're receiving less pitches um, and it means we can stand out more easily. But we need to be sending. Gonna, sorry, yep. I'm just going to pop in and say I experienced that on my side because I sometimes put out requests and okay. 
I just asked for a couple. Usually I get like 20 to 40 people. I got 120 responses and the majority of them were clearly the same AI, just like yeah. spinning it yeah. over and over. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is and this is the reason that they've they've moved to the system because it's it's an awful experience for the journalists. So we speak to a number of journalists as well, um, and I get like feedback on on what they're experiencing, and and it's just been like overwhelming, especially in the last like six to twelve months, the sort of crap like you said that they're just getting, um, which oftentimes mean the journalists are now um, one thing that we've seen a significant increase in is journalists coming back to previously used sources, so. They might come back and say, hey, you reached out to me like last year for a, a pitch. I'm, I'm asking if you want to contribute to my new article. So rather than having to go through like the headache of receiving 140 AI spam bot responses, they're just like utilizing previous sources that they've worked with. Um, but the move over to Connectively is a good thing. It means we can send um, better quality pitches and hopefully the, the journalists receive fewer, um, which means if we send in a good quality pitch, then we've still got a really good chance of winning. Uh, but we need to send the right pitches and make sure we're utilizing either our uh, five free pitches per month or if we're paying for additional pitches, we want to make sure we're maximizing the opportunity that we've got um, with winning with those with those pitches. So the first thing to do is to know the domains. Um, this is one of the things that often newer people um, pitch in PR requests on, on Harrow. Um, Harrow being the main platform, there are other platforms, press plugs. Um, you can go on Twitter for... Um, journalists will often post on Twitter with hashtag Juno request um, and they'll post their um, PR requests on Twitter and connectively and press plugs and quoted. Uh, they'll post the same request across multiple platforms. But uh, just for purposes of this presentation, I'll, I'll keep it to Harrow and connectively. Uh, but the point is that this isn't um, this isn't a perfect system. And just because the journalists are receiving uh, a bunch of spam AI bot content to them, as people reading the pitch requests, we are also in a position where we can be presented with spam domains. So not every domain, not every query on Harrow is 100% is legitimate. Not every website is a great fit. So you really, really, really need to know the domains that you're pitching. Um, some domain pitches from certain publications uh, are outright just absolute scams. So you'll craft a perfect pitch um, and when you when you send that pitch in, you'll get a response back saying, hey, um, you know, we loved your pitch. Unfortunately, we're, we're full for pitches now. Uh, would you mind linking? Uh, we would give you a link, though, if you'd link to this other website we've got and then you can link back to us from this other website. So it's just a three way link scam, but um, done on, on the side of the, the other end of, of Harrow. So you really need to only pitch the correct the correct domains and don't waste your pitches. And how do you know the, the best domains to pitch? I'll give you a really good hack at the end of the presentation, um, but you can use one of our free um, tools here because we in-house from our experience, obviously spending hundreds and thousands of, of emails and pitching many, many, many hundreds of domains. We create a database and we blacklist the domains that are scam. We blacklist the domains that we know have internal SEO policies where they don't link. So some publications, could be a great publication, um, millions of monthly traffic, you know, big DR, household name. But as part of their policy on on a SEO editorial level, they do not include backlinks, in which case it's no point pitching this, this domain, because even if you win the quote, you're not going to get the link. And, you know, an unlinked mention, there is 
merit to that, but it's not for the purposes of why we're <laughs> pitching Arrow to win backlinks. So you can use, we've got a couple of freebies. We've got a Chrome extension you can use, and then we've also got um, a free database as well, where you can just look through the domains and see if, if we say it's good to go for it or if we've blacklisted it. So that's the first port of call. And then why should you build Harrow and PR request links? Well, they're really, really safe. So Google's never, ever going to de devalue um, these links because they go beyond their algorithmic power. They're also there to build brands. So when you're getting links from New York Times, Forbes, Guardian, BBC, household brand recognizable websites, these are safe links. And the way that Google will penalize link building. So if you're doing a guest post, but you build a link from a dodgy guest post farm website um, or PBNs or, you know, weird links on websites that Google at some point is going to decide to penalize that link from that domain, then it will do that on an algorithmic um, level and it will, it will penalize the website where the, the, the link has come from. And then it will track all the websites that, that have got links from, from that website. Whereas if you're building a link if you win a link from the New York Times or BBC or The Guardian, Google is never, ever, ever going to devalue or penalize the BBC or The New York Times or The Guardian. These links are on massive publications, household names. They're safe. And you're going to be able to build your fortress with these sorts of sites. So these are seed sites. So sites that are at the very top of where Google looks to um, send PageRank, which is, which is its ranking formula. Um, and the, the sites at the very top here are these big, massive websites. So if you're getting links from these websites, you're aligning your website with some of the best websites in the world. And these sorts of links are all also great for recovery. So we've had many clients that have seen traffic declines. Um, and then just with a, a handful of these massive authority building links that can actually jumpstart, kickstart their traffic and get you back uh, moving in the right direction. So connectively tips and tricks with this new platform, I'm going to just walk you through some tips and how you can send less pitches and win more links, which is obviously the goal. <laughs> uh, so now they've got a um, like a native filter keyword search. So if you're in a really clearly defined niche, say you're in a gardening, you've got a gardening website um, or you've got a travel website, um, you can actually just uh, filter pitches based on certain keywords. Um, and this allows you to quickly see um, pitches that would be suitable for you, your website, your brand. Um, and you can also and you should broaden your expertise in your scope as well. So if you've got a travel website, then you shouldn't only look for like travel queries or queries with a, a travel keyword in them, because there are oftentimes fantastic opportunities if you can broaden your expertise and your depth of knowledge um, outside of your narrowly defined niche. So if you're in travel, but you see a query on um, realhomes.com talking about um, maybe ways to uh, save space in, in a small room, let's say, you and they're looking for experts or people that have had experience with this. You could say as a travel expert and somebody that knows how to pack small, you can offer some tips for, for that for that particular query. We also do really well with um, clients in like the real estate. Sorry, I've got a fly flying around my face. <laughs> We also do really well with like real estate um, uh, clients, clients in the real estate niche where um, we broaden the scope and we'll target like interior design questions, um, staging questions where a real estate agent can legitimately have um, knowledge uh, in those particular fields. And then gardeners, um, we find loads of really good like construction based queries on Harrow 
Um, and you often can legitimately have a gardener answer the, those um, construction queries. So you need to not just answer queries that um, are hyper relevant to your niche, but also broaden the opportunities as well, as best you can. So, for example, um, another element of this uh, is that they've got a character count limit. So this is why you need to nail the pitch that you are producing. So in the old system of Harrow, you would be replying directly to an email, which means you could send a pitch this long. Nina, you said you've received 140 pitches before. I'm sure sometimes you were getting pages and pages, reams of <laughs> nonsense. Sometimes people would send you like a 40 page essay they wrote answering <laughs> your question. I was like, I, and I literally would have said, I'd like one sentence. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, I would actually say that almost the AI is almost better at least about following that rule where I do find yeah. it we get so excited and then you send a novel and I can't read yeah. it. No, exactly. And and the journalists can't either. And they don't want to either. Like often they've sort of got the the meat and like meat and bones of the story is already nailed out. They're just looking for um a, a quote, like a small piece of information that they can take from an expert that's going to bolster um the article that they've already are already working on or have nearly finished. Um, so now with this new introduction of a character count limit on the Connectivity platform, it, it's forcing us to be precise because that's what journalists want. And the requirements, make sure you're reading the requirements. Like Nina said, if she's put in her request, I'm looking for one or two sentences, don't send an essay. If the journalist is asking for an essay, then send an essay. You have to read the requirements. They're often really, really um strict in what it is that they want and they don't want anything outside of what it is that they're asking because they've, they're busy and you're going to annoy them so read the requirements and try and absolutely nail your pitch okay next section fortress building so when we're doing this sort of link building eat um is a massive part of building your fortress so it's protecting the longevity the future proofing your your business against google updates um, and everything else that can be thrown at, at us. And this section now, I'm going to talk about some different ways that we can build this fortress with EEAT, expert authors, positioning schema, um, and also in your actual pitch selection as well. The whole thing works together as a holistic strategy, and Google loves this. So what does this mean? Building a digital fortress requires the optimization of all the EEAT signals, which begins with links. And building links to authoritative authors powers up the links twofold by sending extra positive signals about your website expertise. And then I'm also going to talk about same as schema. And this uh, particular type of schema does this algorithmically, but I'll talk about more about that later. And then author positioning and pitch selection via Connectively is what ties it all together. So if that doesn't make sense, um, the part what I'm talking about with the authoritative authors is more and more and more now we are seeing the journalists want to quote uh, real experts in their field. So long gone are the times where we used to be able to pitch Harrow maybe two, three years ago um, if they were doing a finance query and you could just say, oh, I'm a mom blogger and therefore I'm a finance expert. Here's my pitch. Please let me win the link. Now they're looking for credentialed, recognizable finance experts. And this means, you know, CPAs, um, they're looking for like investment experts, people with verifiable credentials within the finance field for finance queries. But this presents an opportunity where we can onboard onto our site either by hiring um, a 
certified finance professional to write some content for us and get that person onto the website. Then if we can build these sorts of Harrow links under the authorship of that person we have on our site, we can win the links back to our site, but under the expert's name. And this is going to go twofold in building your EAT, your trustworthiness, because you're, you're getting really, really great links, which is showing trustworthiness. And you're also showing expertise because of this author that you've now got on your uh, finance website that's a real finance expert. So it's a really, really clever way to tie the two things together. And you can do this by just finding freelance writers, just make sure they've got these credentials and make sure you get their permission to say, I'd like to do some Harrow outreach. Um, can I just get some quotes under your name? Tell them that you'll you know, be really polite. You'll never say anything that puts them in a bad light, blah, 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 blah. Oftentimes they'll be really pleased to do that because it gives them some places that they've been featured, which they can then show in their freelance writing career. Um, so it's a double benefit. And then we can actually then add same as schema to our website to show all the other places that these finance professionals have written. Um, and I'll show you that as well as we go through. Super simple. So expert authors, this is what I was saying. Journalists want to quote absolute experts in the given field. And this is the massive shift that we've seen in recent years. But you should have absolute experts on your website anyway. So you need to hire credentialed authors with great web visibility. So if you can find a finance writer who's also written for other finance publications or is maybe um, uh, has got certificates in, in financial education, anything which is clearly showing the expertise of this finance writer, we can leverage their expertise by having them write for our website. So we may have to pay a small premium on the content as you know they're experts, but you don't need a massive amount of content, just a few articles get their permission to put them on your about page, maybe as a contributing editor. Um, you could maybe even pay them a small a small fee if they'll review some of your existing content. Um, just pay them a few dollars per article, ask them to do a bunch in an afternoon, and then you can have that small reviewed by at the top of some of your other content. There's lots of ways to tie together the expertise of this expert with your website um, and not break the bank. Um, and when you get these authors, we want to build links via Harrow under their name. And then you are screaming to Google with all of these signals that your EEAT is there. OK, and this benefits your site both algorithmically and from these manual inspections that I was talking about when a quality rater comes to your site. Positioning. So it can be really hard to always find a perfect pitch, um, a perfect Harrow query, especially for certain niches. And this is where you need to position your expert author. So the expert author that you're going to go and find and get on put onto your website, this is where you need to position them as broadly as possible so you can open up as many opportunities as possible when you're pitching Harrow and Connectively. So for example, this website, sleepfoundation.org, this is a sleep affiliate website, okay? But they have got on their scientific advisory board, Matthew Walker, PhD, okay? Super credentialed, okay? Really, really qualified. Um, and they've done this to leverage the expertise of this um, of this person. Now, this guy is a broad doctor, neuroscience, California, Berkeley, um, super credentialed. And that means that this website could answer Harrow queries on all medical topics and win links back to the sleepfoundation.org. So this is where... Um, I talk about if you have a website that specializes in sleep, then you could get a doctor. If you have a skipping affiliate website, you know, skipping, then you could get a qualified fitness instructor. There's loads of great fitness queries on um, Connectively and Harrow. So you need to get a broad 
expert that matches and makes sense within your niche. And that's all about your positioning. Uh, so for example, this was an example query I took from Harrow um, requirements. So this is for um, uh, a, a testosterone therapy query on a DR77 website site traffic 1.2 million. And they were looking for a medical doctor practicing in the US. So this uh, sleep doctor would have been able to answer this query. There's another one here looking for a sports medicine doctor. And this is for a DR82 site traffic 3 million. Um, and this would have been an acceptable pitch for the sleep website to do. So we're going outside of sleep specifically, and we're in the broader spectrum of health. Um, but this is opening up more opportunities and allowing us to win great links to a great author and um, uh, put momentum into our EEAT building for that particular website. And then the same as schema, this is super, super easy to do. If you've got an author on your website, let's say you've gone out and you found a finance expert or you found a doctor, they've written three or four pieces of content for your website, and they're a really, really good ambassador for that particular niche. Let's say they've written on multiple other prominent publications. You can tell Google algorithmically with same as schema, all of the publications that your writer has also written on. And that you can do this with Rank Math, which is a free SEO plugin. You just go to the same as SEMA section, as you can see here on the left. And then we've got a personal finance website. And we did this with one of the writers called Sashki. Um, and all you do is under additional profile URLs, you just copy and paste their author profile from all the other websites that they've written on. Then this tells Google that your website has got a finance expert that's also written for, as you can see in this case, Investopedia, Independent, The Balance, Insider, Stylist. And you're telling Google with a five second copy and paste job, all of the amazing high authority publications that your writer has also written for. And it's really, really, really simple and easy to do. And this brings the whole thing together. So we're gonna have our expert author as broad as possible. And this allows us to uh, open up the opportunities outside of a narrowly defined niche. We then position that author um, and give them clear visibility on the website. We want them on the about page with an author bio, uh, bio, byline, LinkedIn, as much social proof as possible that this expert author is a real person. Then we have the ability to pitch from a wide selection and we match the expert with the query and open up many more opportunities. And then we tie the whole thing together with the same as schema. And this is a system and a process which works time and time again. And it's quite simple and logical to do. So just quickly, if you've got, um, let's say, uh, a basketball website, go and find a fitness instructor, a qualified fitness instructor that's written for other big fitness publications. Find out how much they charge on a freelance basis. Buy two, three, four, five pieces of content from them and ask for their permission to put them on your about page, put them as a contributing editor or a contrib contributing writer. Um, and then also ask them if you can just do a bit of harrow and pitch um, some journalists and publications and try and win some links. Then if they agree, get them on your website, get them on your about page, get their author bio byline, LinkedIn, social proof, get all of that on your website. Then go and pitch harrow. And once you've won a few links, go and find out all the other publications that, that they've written for and add the same as schema. And then you're going to be really, really juicing your EEAT. And at the same time, you've built some great backlinks, which we know is a ranking factor. Okay, section three, halfway through, it's okay? <laughs> okay, AI. So this is obviously a hot topic, how to use it, how not to use it. 
because everybody is using it and it's an it's we're in a uh, an era of ai a world of ai so we want to be using it we just want to be using it the right way so this is a common thing common theme from a harrow queries you can see at the bottom it says due to the deadline i cannot accept invitations to connect uh, to pr clients blah, blah blah also please do not use ai to craft your response so journalists don't want to see ai written responses um and there's a number of reasons but first and foremost you're gonna they're in a really tricky position journalists especially the journalists that we're pitching via harrow connectively we're looking for super high authority domains um really really the creme de la creme of publications which means these journalists are, are doing a serious job they take their job very seriously and they can be in a lot of trouble if they submit work to their editors which could be considered plagiarized and if you're using ai in a vanilla fashion so you're just logging onto chat gpt and saying uh, uh, uh harrow queries come in asking for uh, gardening tips on growing roses if you just put give me five gardening tips on growing roses the content you're going to get back is just going to be from that chat gpt trained large language model which finished its training in april 2023 um, and everybody on the planet that's also typed in that exact prompt into chat gpt is going to get the same answer back and that content has been taken from the wider web and the chances are it will be pinged as plagiarized not original and it can get the journalists into a lot of trouble also the journalists are mandated from their editors now um, to not be submitting AI content. So they want plagiarism free content and they also don't want the content to be flagged for AI. So that means do not use AI, but we want to use AI. <laughs> we definitely want to be using AI. So we, ne we need to know how to use AI. And AI can be used for ideation. Uh, you can also train the large language models, uh, language models to the sound of your unique voice, which will be the first step to passing the, the journalist tests. And they are testing. This is important. They're testing um, some of the platforms now, like Quoted, have got inbuilt AI testers. So if you're submitting responses, I think that platform now can automatically ping to the journalist that they've received an AI-generated response. Um, and then we should also be using the voice-to-text voice -to -text trick, which uh, I will be teaching in the next section. Okay, so this is the the, the text-to-voice trick. I think it's going to place just three or four-minute video. Um, this is one of the most genius ways, especially if you are an expert, if you're in Nina's audience now and you've got a mom blog website or a postpartum website or a travel website uh, or a fitness website, and you are a fitness expert or a travel expert or a postpartum expert, then this is the best way for you to use AI because you're already an expert. You can already craft a pitch based on your own expertise or maybe some light ideation using ChatGPT just to have some information in front of you. But what you can do is you can quickly get all of your ideas out and then get a perfectly crafted response. So I'll just play this video quickly. Just give me a thumbs up if the sound works. Hey, okay, so this is just a quick example of how you can um, quickly produce content uh, for your Harrow pitches, uh, leveraging AI, um, but also maintaining um, a core uniqueness to your output. Um, and giving you a much better chance of standing out amongst the mass-produced AI uh, spam content, which is hitting a lot of the journalists' inbox. Um, so the first thing to do is uh, open up a notepad, um, and then you want to utilize voice to text. Um, on a Mac, you can do that quite easily, or you can record this um, into a note on your iPhone. Um, and essentially what you want to do is have researched the topic prior um, to recording, 
Um, either you are already uh, an expert in your given field, which means this should be relatively simple, um, or you've done a little bit of research uh, where you can also use ChatGPT uh, Chat or AI to um, give you the, the core elements um, of the points that you want to discuss, um, or uh, you know, you're ready to just freestyle uh, at your own will. So once you're ready, uh, an example query here is, is Harrow good for backlinks? Uh, and in the notepad, I'm just going to press record um, and just spit out um, information using my own uh, unique style and tone. Uh, and then I'll show you how we can quickly turn this into a passable pitch. Arrow is indeed an excellent way to gain high authority backlinks for your web's website or online business. Arrow is quite unique in the sense that it allows uh, individuals uh, and businesses to pitch uh, high-end journalists representing uh, very large publications. The links that can be earned via Harrow um, are usually uh, the best websites in the world. Uh, you can't pay for these links, and the only way to um, earn these backlinks uh, is by pitching the media. Harrow is a free platform uh, which allows you to utilize this opportunity um, with no cost, um, and you can pitch as many times as you want um, over the course of uh, a week um, and hopefully land some of the best uh, backlinks in the world. Okay, so I'm just going to finish that. Now, as you can see, this is just a jumbled bunch of text. Uh, this is just an example. Uh, you know, you can really take your time with this. Just speak at will, you know, take long pauses. Um, you can have ums and ahs and whatnot. Um, First thing to do is just quickly go through and check um, any of the uh, areas that need a manual um, tweak. So obviously it's not picking up Harrow uh, as, as the word that we're using it as. And then everything else looks okay. So you can then just copy that text. Um, I'm gonna come into chat GPT. I've got it on GPT-4 and I've got a pre-written prompt here, which is tidy this up, maintain linguistic nuances, and improve spelling and grammar. So I can put in this chunk of text and hit run. And then we can let the AI do its magic. And as you can see, it's improving the flow whilst maintaining um, the linguistic nuances of my own tone of voice. And if I'm to copy that now and run that through just um, one of the AI detection tools, uh, we can see here text is likely to be written entirely by a human. Um, try another one. Sometimes it takes a minute or two to load. Um, so I can just run it on uh, undetectable as well whilst we're waiting for that one. As you can see, this one's passed all green on here. I think the next one takes a few minutes, uh, doesn't end up loading. Um, and I did this recording, I think, but before, uh, just before Harrow made the changes to the pricing. But the, 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 the key, the key to this is, is you can just speak ums, ahs, absolutely no disregard, um, no regard for, um, for just absolutely freestyle it at will. And you can take as long as you want. You can get an absolute jumbled bunch of mess and the AI model will be able to take all of your core ideas, concepts, your tone of voice, your linguistic style and put it really, really quickly into an absolutely beautiful pitch. And then this this pitch, because you've 
put the words into AI and you've told the AI to maintain that unique linguistic flow, it's going to 99.9% .9 of the time is going to pass all the AI testers. So the journalists, they're using GPT-0, zero, zero GPT, undetectable. They're using these tools. These are the tools that we have in the industry. These are the tools they're using to test. And this trick will always pass the, the, the detection tools. Um, so it's a really, really good way, especially if you're an expert to do, you know, instead of sitting down and banging out a pitch that takes, you know, half an hour, maybe you can get three or four pitches done in the same half an hour uh, using this technique. And it works as well. It works really well. Um, so your content must include. So these are some core elements of a good pitch. You need to include interesting uses of linguistic flurry. So we see this time and time and time again, where we'll send uh, multiple um, clients pitches to the same query, uh, which means we get loads of feedback data, loads of information that we can go back and analyze. Like, let's say we sent um, we sent a query from seven travel clients to the same Harrow query, and we won we won the link for one or two clients. Why did this one or two client win win the link? Why did a journalist pick these two and not the other five pitches we did? And we can go back in and we can see that. And time and time again, what's really interesting is the the the. With the journalists, often you'll send a pitch, two, three paragraphs, maybe. The journalists will sometimes just quote a line, one line, um, a couple of sentences, and it will be the one or two sentences or one string of words within that sentence that's really interesting and different and unique. It might be like an interesting saying, um, an idiom, just a quotable line, a really interesting analogy or a saying, something that's just a bit um, different and unique um, that you only really get with like that human touch. So you need to try to make sure you're injecting these core elements into your pitches for your highest chance to win. Um, and then how to check for AI. So you want to be testing that you're passing the AI before you send your pitches off. Um, so backtest the common testers and create prompts that produce undetectable AI. And you can use AI to analyze the testing criteria and produce prompts that create content in line with the requirements. So for example, um, GPT-0 here, which is one of the most, if not the most common um, testers that the journalists are using today. Um, they actually have all of their testing criteria underneath um, at the bottom of the, the website. So they actually tell us what it is that their AI model is using to test whether or not it can detect AI in the content. So here, for example, it's, detect it's testing on readability, um, percent sat, simplicity, perplexity, burstiness, average sentence length. So you can take this information, put it into ChatGPT um, and ask it to write a prompt that um, will rewrite content that passes the testing criteria of this particular testing tool. And you can do that across all of the testing tools. Um, and these tools are changing all the time. And they're coming out with new tools. They're changing the testing criteria. So you need to stay on top of this. Um, but it's a really easy way to um, quickly rewrite AI content to pass the AI detection tools. Um, so it's something that you need to do. And it's not very difficult to do it. So how to check AI. Also check the output on plagiarism detection tools. Um, so also to give it a check on a Grammarly or originality to check that you're, it's not being flagged as plagiarized. And then also do a visual inspection. So even if you get a piece of content together that you've started with, let's say, voice to text, you've put through an AI rewrite prompt, you've tested it on plagiarism, you've done all of the good stuff, um, you still need to keep in mind that the 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 eyeballs that are going to read this pitch are going to be professional journalists writing for some of the biggest publications in the world. So you need to give it a visual inspection as well. 
you need to make sure that you're not seeing these really common forced sentence structures or phrases. So I've put some example ones here. It's not one size fits all. This pesky problem, a Swiss army knife. Let's dive in. Cook cookie cutter. These are like real telltale AI phrases. You may actually use these phrases independently of AI naturally. Um, but what I will say is journalists will sort of they won't believe you. They'll they'll see these phrases, especially like it's not one size fits all. And they'll just think, oh, this has definitely been done by, by AI. So you also need to give it a visual check and just try and see anything that looks out of place or forced or is sort of a, uh, anyone that's used AI for any given period of time now will sort of know the telltale AIs because it spits out the same stuff. Um, so check for that visually as well. And then we can supercharge our AI um, using Grok, which is the new uh, X Twitter um, AI for sentiment analysis. We can use um, cross analysis of ideas and concepts. Um, with ChatGPT and Claude, and then uh, an AI battle rewrite. So I'm going to show you how you can use one AI tool to rewrite one another piece of AI output and use them against each other to try and get a really well-written non-AI um, pitch. So one thing that journalists often like is um, sentiment analysis. So they like to gauge the sentiment of like the wider public, or they at least like for their for the pitches that they read um to have a grasp or an understanding of um sentiment and one of the newer ai tools which is the the um grok which is the twitter tool um has access to real-time um twitter data which means you can ask it some really interesting questions so there's a harrow query here which was against the backdrop of downward trend in house prices i'd love to hear from an expert who can share their regional predictions on where prices may fall over the next year so we can ask grok to use sentiment from the X platform over the past six months, please answer the question, where are house prices expected to fall um, over the next year in the UK? And it will take all of the tweets from like large accounts or um, recognized accounts and put together a really interesting sentiment analysis. Um, so you can gauge the wider sentiment and then inject that into your own pitch formulation. And then we can also use cross analysis. And this is really, really, really powerful and the results are uh, incredible. So for the same query, I found um, a house price um, index report from Rightmove, which is a large like real estate um, company in the UK. Um, so I we downloaded this PDF and you can then upload this PDF to ChatGPT and you can ask it to analyze the entire PDF document and then give you um, insights guide it for the insights that you want. You can also um, take multiple documents. So you could take two documents with competing or conflicting ideas. So this works great for like, um, if a journalist is asking for some reviews, uh, like reviews on the new Apple um, Pro Vision Pros, let's say, and you wanna, as a tech expert, you're answering this query and you wanna give a really thoughtful, considered argument, you can find um, a really positive, um, review from a website and download that um, that news article and save it as a PDF. You could find a negative um, review and download that um, as a PDF and then put both PDFs into the ChatGPT data analyst and ask it to cross analyze both of these documents and give you an overall view. You can then get the output, summarize it, minimize it, edit, tweak it, and then um, use that within your pitch. So you're taking a wide variety of ideas, different language, tones of voice, and getting really original um, output from your AI model. 
So for example, this one gave me a really nice breakdown. Um, I've analyzed this document, gave me some really nice like bullet points, can take that information um, and uh, put it into your own pitch. Um, rewriting, this is obviously we wanna make sure we're passing the AI detection tools, AI battle. So rewrite ChatGPT output with Claude. So that's Anthropic's AI model, Claude. Um, all these I think are still free for access. Um, so this was just a vanilla sort of input. I wanted to get a really, really like AI output. I just put, write a single paragraph on the nuances PR link building. This was the output that ChatGPT gave me. On the AI detection score, quite rightly, it came out with 98% AI probability. So I take the same uh, block of text and I put it into Claude and I ask Claude, rewrite the following text to make it sound and read more human-like while keeping the essence of the content and the logic the same. Please avoid using any common AI writing patterns such as repetitive phrases, unnatural sentence structure or overly complex vocabulary. The target audience is non-technical readers, so please use simple language and avoid jargon. Then pasted the, um, the previous output underneath, hit return, got this response, tested the response on the um, same AI detection tool, and we got human 3% AI. So using one AI to rewrite your AI output with another AI and a clever prompt can do this in, in you know, 30, 40 seconds. And then this obviously is now good to go to the journalist. Okay, just to finish, final section, 2024 hacks, win more links than ever before. So the game has changed. Um, we need to use AI to build web visibility for our expertise. Uh, I'm gonna go through the image roadblock solution, network leveraging to increase link wins, and then your first three FEQLs, which we call foundational expert quote links, how to get your first three. As soon as you finish this webinar, you can go and start getting those first three links. Okay, so um, use AI to build web visibility for your experts. So journalists are looking for quick validations of an expert's authenticity. LinkedIn is the go-to, but this can be hard to grow and often gets lost in the SERPs, especially when um, with popular common names. So if you are quite new to your online business, let's say you don't, you are an expert in your field, but you don't really have much web visibility. So let's say you're a postpartum nurse and you've got a mom blog, a postpartum mom blog, um, and you are actually a qualified postpartum nurse, um, but you, ha you haven't really written any journals or been on the internet and you've got quite a common surname or uh, quite a common name, uh, Joe, Joe Morris, let's say. When the journalist Googles Joe Morris, uh, they're not gonna find you. There's other Joe Morrises that are gonna come up um, and they're gonna have uh, find it difficult to quickly validate that you're real and genuine. And journalists are doing this more and more and more and more. So you need to be able to make sure you can quickly allow the journalist to find you and verify you as, as a real person. So for example, here, if you search my name, Chris Pantelli, the first thing you see, you get multiple images of me in the image stack. Then you get my LinkedIn profile, my actual LinkedIn profile, which also says the name of my business. So if I'm pitching journalists as Chris Pantelli from Linkify and they wanna go, is this Chris Pantelli a real person? Google my name. First thing they see is Chris Pantelli Linkify. Then the ne next one they see is uh, our UK company's house um, uh, website page, which is obviously UK um, government.gov.uk page. So instantly, the journalist would probably do my name and they would probably have instant satisfaction of the validation of me as an expert, the credentials that I hold, I'm a real person, boom, job's done. They're going to, they're going to, happy to include my quote. So if you have got 
a LinkedIn profile that's like low down, you're not coming up with much, you're lost in the SERPs, there's no clear recognition of who you are, you can use some simple strategies to, to change that. So you can get on the, to the top of the Google search for your name on LinkedIn with a simple AI content generation velocity output strategy. So all that means is you're going to go on LinkedIn, you're going to follow some people that are in the same sort of niche as you, doing the same sort of um, thing that you're doing. You're going to find their content and then you're going to sort of try and do some similar content using AI and obviously making sure that it passes all of the tests that we've just been through. Plagiarism free, AI detection free. Um, and just start posting some content two or three times a day. Um, just get your LinkedIn, get some connections, build it up, and then you'll slowly grow your LinkedIn profile. Super simple to do. And it's going to be beneficial for you and your business anyway to have a stronger LinkedIn profile. More connections, more networking, blah, 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 blah. Uh, UK Companies House, um, if you've got a website, if you're just doing it as a sole trader or as like an independent business person, um, you can set up a UK company um, for like 12 quid. Um, even if you're not in the UK, you can use things like virtual addresses and stuff and you can get that um, instant um, visibility and credibility just by holding a UK company. And like I said, it's, there's loads of guides online. It's really easy to do. You can have multiple companies. Uh, they don't even need to uh, do profit or um, file um, papers, which you can just do. Uh, with the accountant, it's all really cheap and it's good to have a company because it gets you that clear visibility. And then you can dominate the search, the SERPs. This is going a bit more into the weeds now, but um, you can get more visibility using like Parasite Reddit SEO and stuff that we've been having success with, um, getting your name out there across multiple social platforms. Um, I won't go through this one too much because it's a bit uh, in the weeds, but um, this is a good way again to... Um, it's a good way to um, actually get some ideas for pitch content as well. Uh, this was more of a Reddit strategy to grow the visibility of your authorship and your credentials. But this is a great place. We're having some real good success in finding um, Reddit threads in relation to the, the journalist request. Then save the entire Reddit thread as a PDF. And you can put the PDF into ChatGPT, ask it to read the entire Reddit thread, and then ask it questions about the thread. And, and, it, and its ability to read and understand the information and then give you like um, the general sentiment, the general vibe of what that chat's about. So if you uh, if the journalist is asking about um, a trending news topic or maybe a controversial topic, um, and you want to go and find a Reddit thread where people are actually talking about the topic, and then you can get ChatGPT to quickly read it and give you like, what's the general vibe? What are most people saying? What are some um, like um, considerations on this um, particular point? What are people's concerns, worries, stresses? Um, and it can give you all of that information. Um, and then you can obviously just use it to, um, let me go through this, right. Uh, rinse and repeat. Yeah. So this is all going to go to building your EAT. Um, when you have more clear web visibility on your expert author profiles. The image roadbox solution, so wrapping it all up now, this is one of the biggest problems we see um, where you're almost won the link, the journalist responded to you, they've said, oh, we loved your pitch, it was fantastic. Um, you go, they say, uh, keep an eye out, the article should be going live next week, and you think, oh, yes, I've got it, that one's in the bag. And then you'll get an email the next day saying, oh, my excuse me, my editor's just come back to me. Do you have a photo that you could provide that that um, supports your quote? And let's say you've been a little um, creative in your particular pitch response. Um, you've created an interesting story that may be not quite 100% true and you haven't got a photo that can like back up this, this small point that you've made. We can use AI to generate photos. Um, and this has about a 50% success rate. Um, I believe this is only getting better. And obviously, I don't know if you've seen the new um, saw the AI video stuff that's coming out from an open AI. And this stuff's just getting crazy. So 
keep an eye, stay on top of these trends. And, you know, if the journalist is asking you for an image and you can't provide the image, AI could be a, a solution. These are some ones that we did. Um, and just with the DALI model, um, you can use clever prompts like asking it to make it look like it was taken on an iPhone 7. Uh, oftentimes you'll, you'll, um, you'll get these sorts of queries from journalists doing um, housing, real estate queries. And they'll say, Is, have you ever... Um, uh, redone a barn conversion and you'll say oh yeah i did redid a barn conversion and you'll think oh yes i won the quote and i go can you send us a picture of the barn conversion obviously you don't want to lift images that you don't own the rights to or you don't own the copyright to um if you can go and take a real image yourself then that's perfect if not rather than lose the link just have a go maybe try something with ai see if you can get away with it um and then network leveraging to increase your link wins. So this is something really clever, um, really good for like groups like this, um, groups that Nina's in. Um, we're seeing, like I said earlier in the presentation, we are seeing a massive um, increase in journalists coming back to sources that they previously used. And what you can do here, let's say you get approached by a journalist um, because you, uh, you own a gardening website and you did a pitch two months ago to homesandgardens.com and you won the pitch and you got the link. Then a month later, two months later, the same journalist comes back to you and says, hey, I'm writing another article on Homes and Gardens. I was wondering, would you be able to give me some quotes? What you can do then is you can think, ah, I already have a link from Homes and Gardens, but I know this person in my network who's got a fantastic website and I would love to get a guest post on their website. Or I would love to um, do like um, something else that benefits you that they can offer you. You can go to that person in your network and say, hey, I can go back to this journalist and offer them uh, the ability to take your quote. And then if they give you the link, then you can do something for me. Um, and we have this all the time. So here's an actual example. Um, this was an email saying, you know, I'm a shopping writer, a family handling man, reaching out to see if you'd be interested to speak on a car maintenance query. Um, this was somebody that we'd already won a family handy man, um, which is a massive website, DR85, site traffic 3 million. Um, we emailed back, hey, thanks for reaching out directly. That means a lot. I'm actually a little snowed under at the moment, but would you consider taking expert commentary from my friend at blah, blah, blah? He is a certified master mechanic, blah, blah, blah. blah. If so, please forward me your questions and I will get his answers over to you as soon as possible. And they said, that sounds great. Would be really appreciated. I've included some questions. And then we sent the responses back and we won the link. So you can leverage your network by sharing and passing around these opportunities uh, as you see fit. Finally, your first three foundational expert quote links. Now, foundational expert quote links are the links that you must get for your website. These are the expert quote or the Harrow links that your competitors have via PR requests, via Harrow, via Connectively, and therefore ones that you can and should have as well. So if you have a gardening website and all of your friends with gardening websites have links from Homes and Gardens, Better Homes and Gardens, Express, then you need these links and you can get them because your friends have got them and you need them. So let's see how to determine which of these first three to five first foundational expert quote links. So simple competitor search. Find the competitors in your niche that you aspire to, that you know have got good traffic, good rankings. Go to their homepage and you will often see featured in and they will have these logos. Where these logos, it says featured in, the chances are these links, these links that they're displaying on their homepage with logos are the links that they've got via Harrow, which means if they've got them, you can get them. So once you've found uh, a pattern on the two or three or four 
gardening website competitors and you've recognized two, three or four links that are coming up time and time again, jot those down, jot those domains down. So here's a finance example. Here's a finance site. I can see CNN, Forbes, MSNBC, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo. So I can see that this guy has got a finance website and he's, he's, he's shouting about these links on his press badge on his homepage. We can now use, we can jot these down and then we can use the Harrow um, Connectively platform, go to the last six months on date posted and we can do a search domain keyword search. If we see these domains popping up in Connectively, then we know that they're pitching and we need to be answering those pitches. And that's going to bring down then our, um, that's going to bring the number of pitches we need to send. It's going to significantly reduce our workload because we're going to be going on a hyper-targeted approach where rather than just pitching anything that we think is, is viable um, or we think we can get, instead we're going to think, right, what are the first three links that I need to get because my competition's got? Write these down, confirm that they're on connectively, and then pitch those until you die. Keep pitching until you win them. And then once you've won those three, then you can broaden out to more domains. And that's how to get your first three, and that's how to reduce your workload. And if you use everything else that I taught you as well, you're going to have a real high chance of winning. You're going to get those first three to five super authoritative, juicy domains. And then you can put those on your homepage and start building your EAT, growing your traffic, growing your earnings. Thank you. That's everything. Any questions? <laughs> Yes, we've got some for sure. That was amazing. I took so many notes and it was, I learned a ton. I'm so excited now. Now I want to build links. Um, <laughs> we got a question. The first one was, do you send links to your homepage or with this method, can you send links to a specific page on your site? 99.99% of the time it's homepage links. So you have no control over where the journalist is, is going to link to um, and they will almost exclusively um, if they do link to you, it'll be a homepage link. Yeah. Yeah, totally fair. Then when you're writing your pitch to Haro, is it paragraphs that are better or bullet points? Good question. Um, we've been AB testing that, um, bullets do sort of scream, um, AI, AI loves to write in bullets. Um, but I would do it on a pitch by pitch basis. So if the journalist is looking for like two to three points, if they've made that clear in the requirements, um, and bullets seem like a logical human response to that particular query, then don't be afraid to use bullets. Um, but I think paragraphs often um, often gives a much better quality of pitch, but again, it depends on the query. So I would judge it on a case-by-case -case basis, but don't be scared of bullets, but also if you feel like you're sending everything in bullets, then reconsider that strategy because the chances are you, you, you're doing, you're not, um, you're not, looking at the, the query closely enough to see what format the response logically makes the most sense. Perfect. Um, with Connectively, it has the option to set up a profile. Do you need to do that before you start pitching or is it more like they just check the pitch? Yeah, I'd yeah, fill out the profile. Fill out the profile. I think it's just profile image, small bio, isn't it? Um, so yeah, it only so. takes a few, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, I would do that, yeah. <laughs> you want to be giving credibility and, and trust and authority in you as a person to the journalist that's seen your pitch. So um, definitely do that. Great. How many pitches do you think someone should write per week? It depends because obviously it, if you've got a legacy um, Harrow account, then you can then you can still be sending unlimited free um, if you're new to this and you're going to go and sign up today, then you're going to be on Connectively, which means you, you're going to you, you don't have access to the Harrow emails. You're going to be forced to be on there. 
free plan, which gives you five free pitches per month, um, which isn't a lot um, at all. Um, and then you can do the $19 per month, which gets you up to 15 pitches. Um, I would say if you're just starting out with this, then definitely go the, the, the final point of the presentation. Definitely go that route. Like pick three to five domains or even just pick one domain initially. Let's say the one that makes the most the most logical sense. So if you've got a gardening website, pick homes and gardens. And the first month, just use your five free pitches on homes and gardens. Um, if you're only going the free route, if you're going to do the, if you want to be a bit more aggressive, then do the 19 for a, you know, budget aside a couple of months, maybe $19 for a three months, let's say, and go aggressive on the three or four domains that you've picked and, and answer as much as you can. Um, obviously, the more pitches we send, the more chances we have of winning. Um, but you want to find a balance between um, both quality of the pitch and how well you match the 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 expertise and to of your of the person pitching to the query itself so you can really get broad with this and start winning some really interesting links on interesting domains but they're they're more the gambles like if we've got a gardening client in the gardening space and we're going to answer a home and gardens query on a gardening query we know we've got a really good chance of winning that Whereas when we start broadening it up, let's say um, for an MIC or a bustle publication query looking for a construction expert, that's a great link to get. We can definitely get that and we do get those, but that's much more of a long shot. So we have to send many, many more pitches. So like, we've absorbed all of the costs on our end as an agency to, for the um, connectively um, costs, but but we know that the we know how to send fewer pitches to the ones we've got a really good chance of winning and then more pitches to the ones that require um, more pitches for more of a chance to win. That's really cool. I didn't know how that all worked. That's epic. Mm. Um, another question, if you have multiple sites, should you be pitching from separate Connectively accounts or should you be like bundling all of your expertise into one spot? Um, yeah, interesting. So when we're not entirely sure how Connectively is going to roll out the um, the final part of what has already been a bit of a botched rollout um, with the like agency account setup. So what you what you can do is it depends how many sites you've got and and how um, and how you want to um, how you want to handle it. So we're not seeing any backlash yet from sending like from um, let's say like a single persona profile so let's say nina has four accounts then there's no reason why she can't have uh, four websites sorry there's no reason why nina can't just be nina and she can just put her sort of general information um and then when she wants to pitch for her travel website or she wants to pitch for her fitness website or she wants to pitch for her gardening website why she can't just introduce um herself as the expert that she is for that site from that single account um, and then just um, make it relevant to that particular pitch. Uh, there's no issue with doing that from what we've seen. Um, so that's the best way to handle it. Um, if you want to be sort of quite aggressive across one or two sites, then I would have two individual connectively platforms and then re-up your pitches so that you're sending like lots of pitches from a single strong profile. Okay, epic. Then when you're sending a pitch, I know a lot of things, especially on the old Haro, used to say like, no bloggers, welcome or something. Mm. So when you try to introduce yourself as an expert in something like travel, where we don't have 
a certificate or a medical degree or something, how would you open it up to be like, hi, I'm Nina, I'm blank. What would you put there? Uh, well, definitely say travel expert. Um, that whole no travel uh, bloggers has, I haven't seen that for a while now. I think that was from one particular um, one particular journalist from one particular publication. And I know it pissed a lot of people off actually. Um, because what I don't know what she was after. She was she wanted travel experts and then said no travel bloggers. Like <laughs> it was a complete nonsense request. Um best thing to do as a as a travel blogger is just get your um get your opening gambit, your opening paragraph, who you are, uh what website you represent why you're a travel expert, uh, why you're a travel expert. So a lot of travel bloggers have been to many, many countries say that. Hello, I'm Chris Mantelli. I'm a travel blogger, uh, travel expert. I've been to over 50 countries. Um, boom, 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 boom. So the more, um, obviously verified credentials isn't, is something outside of the travel space. It doesn't happen. Um, so you want experience to have that, um, your core experiences that make you an expert. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering. And that's exactly who I was thinking of. Because I remember seeing a lot of those before. And mm. people were is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is there a point at which you have too many links for your site from these high authority places and you should stop? No, not that we're seeing, no. Um, it's the, these, like I said, in I think the very beginning, these these links are from, are from um, domains that will never be devalued by Google. And so the more links that you're getting from these domains, the more um, touch points of trust and authority you're algorithmically sending. Um, so if you think about, um, if you think, for example, um, public uh, websites that get, basically this is it's PR. So it's, you're, you're trying to um, be in as many places as, as often as possible all over the internet. This is how you're going to be perceived algorithmically from the Google ranking algorithm uh, algorithm, and wider as a brand. So if let's say apple.com releases a new product, then they're going to be getting linked to from massive publications continually <laughs> in short spaces of time and over longer periods of time. But it's never, that's just sending strong signals to Google that Apple is a big and trusted website. Why is the BBC linked to Apple 12 times in the past week? It's because Apple's just released the Apple Vision Pros. Therefore, it's newsworthy. Therefore, this is a real business. Therefore, this is a brand. Therefore, this is why this website is getting so many links from all of these massive websites. It's the exact same principles for us. We're just trying to replicate that ourselves. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been honestly so informative and so helpful for everybody. Um, for everyone that came and has stuck around this long, I just popped the link to the freebie in the chat. It's She Knows SEO's um, new freebie, Backlink Boost. So the link is in the chat over there. And we've seen a lot of people saying how wonderful the session is. Thank you for showing up with great information, Chris. Everyone's really, really happy. I'm very no, happy. <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> want to build backlinks again, which I've been very <laughs> about recently. So this has been so epic. I also just want to say I used Linkify 
last summer, I think. And it was one of the biggest purchases I'd ever made for like anything in my life, especially for my business. And it paid off. So I bought like a 10 link package, ended up getting like 22 or 23 in the end because of syndication. My sites, like those two sites that I did like five for each of them and then ended up being like 11 and something for the other one. Um, they both have the highest profiles I have on Ahrefs. Now their domain authority is like still pretty mid because to be fair, I then left them alone for a while. So I need to do some more work, but just getting those backlinks brought one of mine up into like the DR 30 area. So definitely people, RO links are incredible and I am just very bad at building them myself. So if you're like me and time is your issue, <laughs> um, mm. or just complete ineptitude to keep something short and sweet, which like I'm just incapable of, um, then I definitely recommend checking out Linkify, but also follow Chris on Twitter. I put a link to his Twitter in the description of this video because he has some really great like little bits of information that he shares all the time and stuff like this. So I've learned a lot, even just following along and yeah, I'm really, really happy you were able to join us, Chris. Thank you so much. And everyone should give Chris a big celebration because he just got married recently. <laughs> Thank you. <Nina>. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, I put links in the description for everybody to everything that Chris linked on the screen um, and to uh, Chris's uh, Twitter and to the Linkify homepage and uh, a link with the 20% off code as well uh, in the description for y'all. So you can find that. And yeah, we'll see y'all soon. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you.